think it just kind of like continues like the cycle of thinking like you know I need to like prove myself to others like prove my worth and that I'm like capable when really that's not how God sees me at all. You're listening to Vantage, conversations with students and parents about what it means to do education in the light of God's Word. On today's episode, we'll hear from a group of senior girls as they discuss what it means to be made in the image of God and reflect on the challenges that are unique to their generation. Thanks for joining us. Let me set the stage for what you're about to hear. Not long ago, I met with a group of senior girls around the lunch table, and we had a discussion about what it means to be made in the image of God and some of the real challenges and pressures that they face. Now, understand this was a lunch conversation, so some of the audio may be a little bit spotty, but what they had to say was really profound. I simply started by asking them to explain to me what they had heard from us here at LCS about being made in the image of God. Here's what they had to say. I think it's mostly about, like how in the secular world today our worth is defined on what we can produce and how like what the world is putting on us and what the expectations are that we see on social media and stuff so saying that we're made in the image of God is placing our worth in something that isn't on us and that it's a free gift I feel like that's really like one of the foundations of Christianity and I feel like when you're finding your own faith, like, it's really important to understand that you are made in the image of God. And, like, being a high school girl, like, you're obviously comparing yourself, like, you're comparing your body, you're comparing your smarts, like, you're always comparing yourself to these other girls or other guys, it doesn't really matter what, but you're all, you're always, like, they're smarter than me, they have a better body than me, they're more athletic than me. And you can kind of just sit there and question and be like, why did God make me this way? Like, he made a mistake. So I think, like, you really have to look back at the foundation of what Christianity is and be like, he made me this way for a purpose, and, like, I have a purpose, and he doesn't make any mistakes. You'll notice that these girls immediately identified a contrast. They understood, at least in principle, that they were fully accepted in Christ, that they were good, that they could be happy with themselves because, well, God is happy with them. But on the other hand, they felt a tremendous pressure to perform and even worse, to compete. And so I asked these girls, um, in your generation, where is this pressure coming from? Their answer was immediate. Social media. Definitely. That's like the basic answer, but it is the biggest reason why we face so many struggles of realizing we're in the image of God. Social media just has so many standards, and as teenagers, we're going to try to meet those standards for many reasons, like to have friends and to fit in. But it's easier, like, to say we're in the, to, that we believe that we're the image of God, but, like, to live it out is harder because we want to be accepted by our friends, but really we just need to be accepted by God. But that's really hard for us to do sometimes in this day and age with social media. Of course, as adults, we face these pressures with social media too. So I ask these girls, what do you think is different? Or maybe what do adults not understand about the way social media acts 
in your I feel like a lot of adults think that social media is just like a place for you to hang out with your friends and like interact with them and post what you're doing and like explore and you know see what's out there in the world but I mean that that is what you're doing you're seeing everything that's out there and it's the good and the bad so it's completely unrestrictive and I don't think that as adults they realize how much we tend to compare ourselves to others and you know in a social setting um, in the classroom or in you know a friend group it's easy even then to compare yourself to others you know with the people that you're just around physically every day but then you're on social media and you have millions of people on there so you're comparing yourself to the best of the best all the time and you have constant access to it so it's it's even more um profound in how it impacts us and like how it impacts how we view ourselves how often do you think um students think about that that comparison constantly every yeah, day yeah all the time mm-hmm. it's always there mm-hmm. yeah because i feel like we have this like set standard of okay this is what society likes okay so this person they're better than me in X, Y, and Z. This person, I'm better than them in X, Y, and Z. So it's like constantly figuring out, you know, who has one up on you, who you have one up on in like so many different categories that it's just constant and you feel like you have to always be thinking like that. It sounds like you view some of your life at least as competition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like high school is... At least how I used to view it, Mm -hmm. it was, like, a political, social, like, class system. Like, I used to view everyone on a ladder, and I was a certain rung, and if you were below me, I was basically gracing you by talking to you, and if you were above me, I was, like, chasing after them, trying to get these people like me so that I could keep climbing the ladder. And then when I finally realized that everyone's made in the image of God, and everyone has an input, I finally, like realize the value in other people and I like stopped comparing myself as much um but it definitely took a while for me to realize that like every single person is made in the image of God and I shouldn't view anybody as above me or below me I should view them as brothers and sisters in Christ it's it's like really hard for it to not be like a reaction though like we experience it so much that comparison is just like our first reaction and so, like, considering that, like, everyone's in the image of God is something that you kind of have to, like, force yourself to do, mm-hmm. which can be hard. But we also have to remember that everything that's posted on social media is, like, the good that everybody is experiencing. Like, they're not going to display the things that aren't good about their life and stuff like that. So that's what makes it really hard with, like, comparison because you're like, well why is this person, like, why is, why is everything going good for them, and why is everything going so bad for me? I think that, like, what you were saying earlier about, um, like, realizing that you're in the image of God is, like, so important for you to, like, know your worth and know that you're loved no matter what, but, like, in a very secular world, at least I can struggle and be like, well, I know that I'm in the image of God, but, like, these people don't believe that, like, they don't know how loved I am and like while that's like really important to me other people might just see me as like worthless or like I'm not contributing enough because they don't have that same belief system as me 
if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. and I know it's, like, a really bad way of thinking, but, like, that's just kind of my default. Like, even if I know it, other people might not recognize it. When do you think this idea of comparison and competition becomes a reality for students? I think it has always been a reality. I mean, even in the concepts of school, I mean, grades are, it's a number. I did better on you on this test, so that means that I get a better grade on the quarter and then the semester, and then I'll get into a better college because I know how to take the SAT, and it's ranking and class ranking and oh you did better on this test and then college and then who makes the most money I mean like that's why we're here in not in a Christian school but in like just the education sense of it yeah I guess considering like if that's something you care about because it like someone that like literally doesn't care about academics could like be more focused in that same standpoint in like sports or something like that Right, but I feel like how can you not care about it when everything is centered around, like, a a number? So you have your grades, and then you have your salary, or Mm -hmm. you have, like, your position on the team. You want to be a starter. So no matter what you're doing, you're trying to be the best. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of times you just don't really think that you're made in the image of God just because that's not your focus point. You're always trying to be better than other people. I think society, too, has a set standard. You know, like, this is the perfect person that we want. And they don't, it doesn't take into account, you know, that people are different. So not everyone's going to fit into that mold. So, you know, you you may have one person that's really academically inclined and that passes every test and gets into the best school. But then you have a person that's really artistic and you know creatively expressive and they are not a good test taker so they're not going to get into the same college and they don't may they may not have the same work ethic but their work is different but it's just as important clearly these girls have thought deeply about the ongoing struggles they face with competition and comparison so i ask them what are things that adults and parents in your world can do that would really help I think that they need to, like, start teaching that to their kids early. Like, from the very beginning, they need to ingrain it into their kids' minds that, like, you are made in the image of God. Everyone is made in the image of God. So it's like, you're not better than anyone else, and, you know, we're all equal, and you should love everyone the same because we're made in the image of God. Or else it's really easy if you're not grounded in that, to put your image in other things. I didn't get a phone until I was 16, so I didn't have social media or anything, and I definitely made it hard on my parents to keep up with that because I complained constantly. All my friends had phones. I felt left out. Um, But honestly, looking back, it definitely was a blessing because, like, now I don't even really like social media. Like, I'll go on it every once in a while, and then I kind of, I don't know, I just see people in my grade that become addicted so easily to these things that um, I haven't fallen into as easily. So, I definitely think waiting to have social media was a very good choice on my parents' part, even though I was awful to them for making that decision. So, So I'm, like, the opposite. I got a phone in third grade 
And then in eighth grade, I got like an actual iPhone because I started out with like, you know, the slide phone. But there were no restrictions on anything. So I had full access to everything that's out there. And that's probably not the best choice for, you know, middle school kid. So, and I also like wasn't taught like good social media habits. Obviously, I knew, like, okay, don't be stupid, don't post stupid things, you know, don't go onto these dark websites. But, like, other than that, free reign, which I feel like has definitely made it harder for me to be, you know, like, intentional with my time, like, on social media. So, I like, it's easy to get distracted. And I know, like, when I'm on social media a long time, it's just draining. Mm-hmm. So, I'm like, I, I put limitations on myself so like I have self-imposed limitations for social media yeah it's like really weird like I just deleted all my social media and I haven't had it for like over a month but like I realized like how much free time I have and like I was like I was like okay well what do I do I was like I guess I can read or something (laughs) which is obviously way better for me but I just like didn't realize how much of my time it's taking Social media is draining. Uh, when you said that, you girls all nodded your head. What, what, in what sense is social media draining? Sometimes it's pointless and it takes up valuable time in your life that you could be spending it with things that are actually important, like doing your devotion. Because I fall into that a lot. I'll scroll through Instagram at night rather than doing my devotion, and then I'm like, oh, I don't have, to, I don't have time to do this. I need to go to bed. Yeah, and I think it really contributes to, like, going back to the comparison. It's, like, basically a platform set up so you can compare yourself to others and Mm -hmm. put out what you want to show to the world, I guess. And then it's it can be hard because you might think back on it and look at your your like profile and be like is this good enough and you can compare your profile to other people's profiles notice how what seems to be really exhausting about social media is the constant comparison and trying to live up to something that you know isn't real and as adults we might kind of despair about that but it was really interesting where the conversation turned next because these girls had a sense that adults really could make a difference in how they process all of that I think that just being reminded of it, like, a lot, even though, like, yeah, kids aren't going to listen, like, and not saying they're not going to listen, but, like, listen to every single word that your parent says. Like, I'm sure teenagers just aren't really used to that mentality, but, like, being constantly reminded, like, you're loved, like, I love you, you're amazing, not to, like, a extreme... That was not a good way of saying it. (laughs) Not being, like, so praised that you're, like, put on a pedestal, but just being reminded that you're loved and, like, that you have worth is, like, really important. Because if you hear things enough, like, you'll start to believe it. And I think, like, just your parents loving you, like, because you know, like, we've learned this all of our lives, that God loves us a million times more than our parents love us. So, like how much our parents love on us, we can be like, okay, God loves us, like, so much more than this that we, like, can't even imagine. So just for me, like, how much my parents love me makes me realize how much, 
the Lord loves me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say especially to, like, love on them at, like, not really random times, but, like, mm-hmm. just, I guess, consistently. So don't say, like, I love you after they have gotten an A on a test or, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. played really well in a game because then they'll start to associate your love with their performance. And so mm-hmm. I think, like, it's very helpful to just be reminded of that and, like, because I always get caught up and sometimes my dad will be like, I'm proud of you, and I did nothing all day, and I'm like, for what? Yeah. And so it's just good to have that reminder that, like, he's proud of me, not because of what I've done. Yeah, I was going to say that. Like, whenever my parents tell me they're proud of me, just randomly, like, mm-hmm. not after, like, a volleyball game or something, that they're just proud of me, I'm like, oh. <laughs> I think it's, like, really sweet. And I think communicating that, like, there's nothing that you can do to mess that up is huge. Like, especially, mm-hmm. like, coinciding with what Brianna was saying about, like, not associating um, love and pride with performance because then that also goes to show, like, it can go away in a matter of minutes depending if I, like, make the wrong choice or fail at something. So, like, it's huge that my parents communicate to me, like, I love you no matter what kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think part of that is that, like, parents have to understand their kids. Like, that's one of the best things that I've seen in parents is when they actually, like, understand what their kids are good in, what they're gifted in, um, and, like, what they value, like, where their heart is and what they want to do with their time and with their life and, like, putting energy into that and validating that and not trying to put them into a certain mold of, like, oh, you have to be exactly like me or you have to be exactly like your sister or your brother or whoever and just saying, you know, like, you you are gifted in this. God has gifted you in this for a reason and, like, you you need to you need to go and do this and as parents, you should put energy into that instead of trying to, like, force them to do things that they're either not gifted in or that they don't want to do. Like, yeah. yeah, and, like, going off of that, like, knowing your child, like, loving them in their love language, not in mm-hmm. your love language. Mm-hmm. So, like, mine is quality time. So, like, almost every night my dad will come and sit on my bed with me and we'll just, like, talk about my day. And it's, like, awesome. Mm-hmm. So... It's just, like, knowing how to love others well is really important. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, if you don't know, like, how to love better. Like, I think something super big in my family that's super important is, like, being very open in communication. Like, is there something that I could be doing to, like, show you that I love you better? Like, that I feel like is huge because... You may think that you're loving someone well, but to them, they're not, like, receptive of it. And I feel like that's where, like, a lot of confusion and tension grows is, like, one person feeling like they're giving love and the other person, like, there's a block from them receiving it kind of thing. I went on to ask these girls if they thought that their parents and the adults in their world struggle with these things as well. And if so, how does that affect them? Here's what they said. I think we're never going to stop comparing ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, I even hear my parents say that they compare themselves to others. So, Or even seeing your parent compare themselves or saying things about themselves that aren't encouraging can really, like, encourage that, especially when you're younger, just, like, seeing how they're thinking, and then that can really 
impact how you think about yourself. Like if your parents are talking about, you know, they're not good enough in this, or they wish that they looked what, like, X, Y, Z, like, that can kind of be like, oh, well, maybe I should strive to be different, too. Like, especially I think that the younger you are, the more vulnerable you can be to that, just kind of wanting to do what they're doing so you can follow their kind of, like, bad traits. I mean, you get the good and the bad from your parents. Especially if you're, like, when you're younger and, you like, at any age, your parents are your role models. I mean, you live with them, like, they're what you see every day. And so if this person that you look up to and see as, like, this great figure in your life is imperfect and is pointing out their imperfections, then you're going to even compare yourself to them and the fact and, like, what they can and can't do and, like, how you're going to live up to that kind of thing. I asked these girls to reflect on how they've grown in their understanding of these things. How have they changed from the way they saw things maybe in middle school until now? Um, I really, like, had a, um, like, amazing moment. Like, one day um, when my parents read Psalm 139 to me, I think that's, like, when I really made my faith my own and it, like, really took a turn because um, it was the the verse that talks about how God says you are one um, perfectly and wonderfully made and um, and wonderful are your works and he made me in my mother's womb and after hearing that I um, really just felt more in God's image and it helped me with comparison because I I definitely still struggle with it but um, just knowing that God has told us that he wants us to know that we're beautifully and wonderfully made um, helps me feel more secure and excited and I guess love myself more and love others more too because I know they're beautifully and wonderfully made and I don't need to compare myself to them because they may be different in another wonderful way and it's you know <laughs> the <same. laughs> for me just knowing that like I'm never going to be the most athletic in the room or the smartest or the prettiest or this or that but I can be the most encouraging person in the room. And I think that has changed the way I think about people, especially, like, starting in middle school. And just, like, it's helped me make more friends and be more outgoing and just love others better to just be encouraging. I would say, like, knowing earlier on that there's nothing that I can do to make God's plan happen and nothing that I can do to, like, mess it up for myself like I don't know just being comfortable with the unknown and like the world is screaming at us that like your worth is based on your performance and I feel like we often neglect the truth that like God loves us and God's gonna look out and protect us I want to say something like it all works out in the end that brings us to the end of this episode, but stay tuned as we hear once again from LCS students. 
you would like to know more about Lakeland Christian School, you can find us online at www.lcsonline.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, this is Jeff Stabler, and you've been listening to Vantage.